Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and joining me today is the Colonel. You there, Charles? I'm here, Timmy. And, of course, Her Majesty Brandy. Are you there, Brandy? I am. Wonderful. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today we're going to talk about the life of Mickey Finn. Of course, one of uh, Brandy's good friends. Small-time criminal whose name becomes synonymous with um, knockout drugs. So before we get into that topic, uh, let me remind everyone that we are a true crime, comedy, history, I don't know, podcast. We use adult language. That means we swear. We do. And we, well, you know, Timmy, we don't swear. We speak the king's English here, Timmy. You and but I. The devil, but, but yes, Brandy. But the devil sh- shoots out foul language. Remember that the first Iraq war with the Scud missiles? She shoots out. Profanities like Scud missiles, Timmy. She's like the Scud stud of the podcast. She's like, yeah, she is the Scud stud, yeah. If you two had to work with you two, you would cuss too. Hmm. Huh. So, it, but if, if, Brandy, if profanity offends you, then we would suggest yeah. that. What we suggest is you go turn on Jimmy Swaggart and just take your ass away from our show. Jimmy Swaggart. Hmm. Jimmy Swaggart. He has yeah, that's a name from the past. I think he's dead. Is he? I think so. Some he bitch. sinned. He Give me sin. a million dollars and I'll be cured. I got, you know, oh. I guess he didn't get enough money. Now, I, I'm sure the Church of the Latter-day Colonel would never uh, do something. Oh, no. no. Is Jim Baker still alive, Timmy? I think so, yeah. I think but so. Tammy Baker. Tammy Faye's dead. Yeah, Tammy Faye's Tammy dead. Faye's dead. She had the anal cancer, I think. Oh my she god, did. she did. God it's, will smite you, you with anal cancer. No, I think no, so. No, she got the anal cancer. I think so. I think she had anal. Can- maybe it was. Maybe it was. Uh, Farrah Fawcett did. Yeah, I know Farrah Fawcett, but I, I think uh, Tammy Faye did too. But someone will look it up and prove that we're wrong. But um, let me introduce our panel. I am joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, a woman who's known. Throughout their, her kingdom, as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? Well, 
Timmy. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, as you know, I've had to. I broke my foot, and so <laughs> you I've did been break your foot. How <laughs> did you break your foot, Brandy? I don't know. I don't know. But well, you know, I actually could tell you, you do, what, though. what Charles told me. But he he said it had something to do with lovemaking. But I it did. I don't know that that's the case, and I don't want to embarrass you. If whatever you and and Dave do in the privacy of your own home is none of my business, that's true. But that wasn't it, and I'm pretty if you sure were hanging. Well, from I told your you, you get fan, messing around with that trampoline. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I gotta wear a boot. No good's though. gonna come from that. I gotta wear a boot. You now. look kind of sexy in the boot. I gotta tell you that. I, well, I, got, a, I got a thing for boots. Duh. Devil. I mean, come on. I pulled that boot off, and now I have Noah has decorated it a little bit for me with some stickers. Oh, so, oh, nice! Yeah, did you put so, a you know, weaves, Did you put his street weave sticker on there? Well, no, he didn't. He has that on his notebook. Uh, okay, for school, I have some lightning bolts on it and a skateboard. So, I'm pretty oh, pumped about bolts. that. So you're like Thor in a way. I a little like Thor, except you know, I but, I'm very slow. So what do they do Very with slow. a broken foot? There's nothing really they can do with a broken foot. No. Hardly. I just have to wear my boot. Well, so, well, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know it happens. It will, it will hopefully um, give us a respite from you kicking us. Well, that's what always nice. I've told people is I broke my foot. I broke my foot off in our boss's ass. but And he, he backs that up, so... That's what kind of what I'm going with. Hmm. It's more logical than I don't really know. I kind of like when you walk by and I can say, "Hey, nice boot." Yeah, I think yeah. it. Uh, I think it's, it's you're, you're getting older and your bones are becoming brittle. That's what I think. Do you yeah, think it is. They're becoming brittle. Yeah, mm-hmm. brittle bones. I don't. I don't know that. That you'll become it. known. Calcium, as, you're going to become you know, known devil, as what? brittle bones brandy. I'm not. You would ahead. think with the 3,000 tums you take each week that your calcium would build up and your bones would be stronger. You would think so, but, you know, but you hey, you and I, Charles, you and I have discovered that we are uh, sharing an affliction. We uh, are. We are. We are currently eating all of our feelings. So We're eating your feelings? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're eating our feelings, Timmy. So mm-hmm. me, you know. me and the devil was stress eating. We're, we're just oh. eating so, yeah. everything that's in front of us. Well, I'm I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. It's, but it's a I, bad I, scene. Speaking of you eating a lot of times, I had a cousin who uh, he uh, started feeling bad or whatever. And he had some testosterone, and there was some. He had a spot on his on his lung or somewhere, and probably not his lung. Probably not his lung, but. They did these tests, and it turned out it was calcium buildup from Tums. And his hmm. his doctor said, so how many of those do you eat? And my cousin said, oh, you know, like 25 or 30. And the doctor said, you mean a month? And my cousin was like, no, a day. So be careful, Holy Brandy. Holy Christ. That's yeah. a lot of Tums. A lot of Tums. Let yeah. me, Brandy, let me introduce a man who is known as the... Really, uh, really one of the most uh, benevolent men in the country. A nope. man who's loved uh, by, no by all. By all. Nope, nope, nope. He's 
sometimes been called the most dangerous man in podcasting today. He's never been called that. He's a man of God, Brandy. The, He's not the that Reverend either. Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters the Third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm not good, Timmy. <laughs> what's what's wrong? What's wrong, Colonel? Well, and and I and, and I don't want to turn this into an infighting squabble thing, Timmy. Okay, but. You have been going around, and, and and I know that there's been a bad influence on you from this Miss Flanagan woman. Okay, uh, I understand Anne, that. Yes, she can yeah, sometimes and, be a bad influence. Yes, she can. And uh, she decided to make you a baron, Timmy. I am Baron uh, Von Scott. And, and you went to law school, Timmy. I did. And I will refer you to Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8 of the United States Constitution, Timmy. And what is that clause, if any? It prohibits anybody from walking around here with a title, Timmy. Are you, you mean like colonel or something like that? Because there's a lot of, no, because a colonel is a recognized recognized American title, Timmy. And it's not considered nobility. Mine is a reverential title. I it's see. People revere me so much that they call me colonel. Why couldn't people but, revere me and call me a baron? Nope. Um, it's against Article 1, Section 9, Clause 8. I read the Constitution twice, Timmy. Well, hey. I'm sorry, Leanne. He read the Constitution, so I, apparently I cannot twice. be a baron. Tammy twice. Faye Baker twice. died of colon cancer. Well, that's the same thing. Colon it's cause, not you know. the same at all, but go ahead. Well, well that just means that Jim was getting deeper up in there. It's old uh-huh. stool. You got to be careful of old stool, Brandy. <laughs> Jesus. You do. That's that's you the do. one thing that you need to keep in mind. You got to – the old stool is bad stool. That's that's my motto, Brandy. Well, <laughs> how old? How We how all old need a motto. We well, about? I mean, you know, if you got stool in you three or four days old, that, that over time it gets bacteria. And over time, that, I think that leads to colon cancer. Now, that's not medically, scientifically proven, but that's why. Uh, yeah. Okay, so is this is theory? a Tim Scott theory Wait we're minute. working on. Based yes. on your never been to law school or not law school, been, medical school. But I'm a doctor. I have a doctor. Based on degree. never being to medical school, that's Timmy your... went to medical school. He just never took the test to be a doctor. I oh. have a Juris Doctorate. <laughs> it's a doctor degree. And I'm telling you, beware of the old stool. Don't listen to Brand- Brandy and Chuck. Or, you know, they smoke, they're smoking. Brand- or Chuck vapes. But Brandy we come smokes. from the old, old school and school, Timmy. They don't, they, they're not progressive in their thinking about their health. What I'm telling you people is beware of old stool. Old stool, Brandy, is bad stool. Old stool is bad stool. That should be the motto of the show, Timmy. I'm going to have t-shirts made up. Welcome to history. Welcome to history, dweebs, where old stool is bad stool. Let's not not do that. Don't you think that there's a correlation there, Colonel, between, you know, because colon cancer, you get some old stool in there, bacteria sets in, and, you know, things just get funky. Well, I'm not really sure about the people to get colon cancer if they had old stool sitting around or not. 
Well, what about? On, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. What about bullshit expert about this stool habits? I think anal yeah, cancer well, is anal sex is related. That's there must be a correlation <laughs> there between that. I would think it's a it's a direct correlation. Yeah, there's a direct correlation, and that's why. Uh, well, you don't want to speak ill, but but that's what I said about Tammy Faye. You know, she might have had the anal cancer; it just went two inches further because you never Pinkham said anything like that. A very you know well what? endowed man. Hey, can we talk mm-hmm. about Mickey Finn? If you just insist. for fun, just for All a minute. Right. Great, right. thank you. We can't. Early. When did you become this person that all of a sudden is the modicum of professionalism here, devil? Here's the thing: I got shit to I do mean, today. Do you and have? Does your hypocrisy know what? no bounds? My hypocrisy it, knows know, no bounds. You know, I'm trying to educate our listeners, yeah. maybe save lives. I'm the Doc Holiday. If I'm the Doc Holiday of this channel, podcast. If you're watching the Home Shopping Channel, is more important than saving our listeners' lives, then I'll proceed, Brandy. That would be great. I'm the Doc Holiday of this podcast. My hypocrisy knows yeah. no bounds. Your hypocrisy does know no bounds. <laughs> Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> early In the early prepared. 1900s, Brandy, Chicago was, not, was likely not a city in which you would want to go out drinking. And that's because or pickpocketed now. turned bar owner Mickey Finn was uh, scamming uh, gullible customers by spiking their drinks with an illegal drug he got from uh, – he actually got from a um, pharmacist uh, a, a, pr- a pharmacist of questionable character. He got a verbal witch doctor. Well, that's Which what is I where said, but, Charles and I get all of our drugs. Mm. Yeah. But although is that even appropriate to say anymore? Can we say witch doctor? I don't know, uh, but know, I'm telling you, you right offend, now, you offend witches and doctors. I don't know, but I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, it's cheaper to go to the witch doctor. You it, know, the, it really is. She has no copay. She's amazing. I, you know, I have a, I have a, a a co-host who's actually a witch. Every time I have an ailment, she'll tell me some kind of. Some kind of essential oil to do, use with it. Uh, you talking about the lovely like, Goddamn, Karen, can I Karen use Sudafed? Yes, yeah. you can always. Better living through pharmaceuticals. That's what I say. Yeah, what's wrong with Sudafed, mother? I, I can't take Advil for you. Got a headache? Oh no, don't do that. Here, there's a there's a. And sometimes, strangely, it works. I can't really belittle it too much, but you know, she she'll tell you. Oh, there's a pressure point on the back of your neck. Press it for thirty seconds. No, motherfucker, that hurts. I'm taking eight Advil. There you go. That's my boy. And then my headache's fine. My headache's fine. My kidneys are shot, but... Whatever. You know, See, I can't take pay. anything over the counter. It's just trash. I mean, it's not really... It doesn't help me at all. I need some serious drugs when I have a headache. I need uh, Vicodin or something. <laughs> slam, I like Vicodin. Slam it with a hedge, uh, sledgehammer is what I say, Brandy. Yep. All right. So anyway... Mickey Finn's association with the drug that later inspired the manufacturing of another illegal substance, which was appropriately named after him, called the Mickey Finn. And it was used by vengeful waiters, often. Uh, so oh, often. It, it was used by vengeful waiters in a uh, epidemic, all, food poisoning epidemic all over Chicago. There was a strike. And uh, we'll get into this a little bit later. But waiters used this drug to poison 
patrons of restaurants in which they were uh, engaged in uh, labor negotiations. And not to mention, of course, the uh, it was uh, Mickey Finn was the origin origin of the uh, nefarious phrase to slip a Mickey. Which of course, you know, uh, I love those old movies, and I love the way they talk there. And it's like, eh, somebody, somebody slipped me a Mickey. See, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't remember. Oh my hey, god! You remember when they did that to the sheriff here, Timmy? Well, you, we weren't alive then, but they, they slipped the sheriff a Mickey, put him in bed with a prostitute. Oh yeah, yeah, in Newport, right? Yeah, Newport. Yeah, yeah. The Newport, Newport was a did uh, that to him. notorious uh, organized uh, hotbed for criminal activity and organized crime and the sheriff was trying to clean it up and they uh they slipped him a mickey and tried to try to frame him by and put him in bed with a with a prostitute took pictures and he came out and said they he just he wasn't even afraid he said they slipped me a mickey put me in bed with a prostitute yeah you all know what yeah. kind of people they That's are they, did. they yeah. slipped me a mickey see eh. wait a minute didn't joe bluth call him uh forget me nows forget me now see forget me now that's a good one <laughs> Anyway, God. Michael Mickey. Fitch. I wish I had some forget me nows. <laughs> forget me now. Forget I, me I later. wish I had. For, wouldn't it be nice to have like the Terminator where you could just erase your memory of the past? Oh, like years uh, of your life? like uh, Men in Black, where you just like wave that yes. thing in front of you. Yeah, yeah. That, that would, would be fun. That'd it would nice. save a fortune on therapy. That's for sure. That's what I'm saying. Michael Mickey Finn, Brandy, was born in South Bend, Indiana in 1871 to Irish immigrants. Uh, his father was a laborer who drank a lot and was seldom in the home. Oh, imagine that. An Irishman who drank a lot, Timmy. <laughs> I know. That's hmm. so out of character of the our, <laughs> yeah, our Irish They're friends. usually such a teetotaling bunch. Mickey grew up in the streets, Brandy. He survived by making not a not-so-honest living as a pickpocket and a thief, typically going after drunk patrons who were easy to rob. So he rolled drunks for a living, Brandy. Your thoughts on that, if at all? Well, if any. He, know, he knows where to go. Smart have you ever rolled, against it have you ever rolled drunks, Brandy? Nah, I can neither confirm you, nor deny. <laughs> you rolled around with plenty of drunks. Well, though, there's that, that but yeah. No, yeah. I will neither confirm nor deny rolling a drunk. I did right. roll a drunk girl out of my way one time. She was just laying there. In the so, street? On the sidewalk. I just rolled her out of the way. Dumbass. See, that gets dangerous. If you get a you get some of those women who get really drunk and then they kind of pass out, mm-hmm. and then you go try to help them and wake them up, you don't know if they've we been in not. We don't before. like that. We don't like that at all. You don't, and then, you know, it's like, no, you can't lay here on this park bench, and you try to grab them and move I them. I absolutely can And then all of a sudden, they come up with karate stuff, and, ah, you know, all crazy, and it's just, so I just leave them lay on the park bench. Thank Would you. you. Like, wouldn't, Brandy, wouldn't you like to follow Charles around for a day? I mean, his life nope. seems so much more interesting than mine. Well, Nikki then Gr- you're, that's not a high bar, Tim. Having a life more interesting. I know. So it's not really a high bar. People who go out after dark have a more interesting life. Hmm. Not a high bar. Mickey grew up on the streets. Mickey grew up on the streets, Brandy. Yes. He survived by making a not so... Oh, I already already said that. His 
His nickname was Mickey. is believed to have been taken from the fictional Irish character named, created by the 19th century writer Ernest Gerald. Of course, Colonel, you've you've read a lot by uh, Mr. Gerald. I've read a lot by Mr. Gerald. I, I I find him I find him wanting a bit, but on a slow rainy Wednesday, I might you know put crack my smoking a, jacket on and Jesus. yeah, crack open a book, but. But you're not you. You wouldn't yeah. necessarily read him. He wouldn't be your first choice as a nineteenth. No, he wouldn't be my first choice. I mean, you know, there's always Doctor Seuss is generally my go-to because he makes me laugh. And then <laughs> I like to make up dirty words and write them into books instead of replacing them. You know. Well, yeah, that's uh, you're a wonderful uh, grandpa. Hmm. I said you are a wonderful grandpa. Well, you know, you're that grandpa, which is Sarah. Sarah said. Just posted on Facebook the other last night, as a matter of fact. And I did this with my own children. They were home with strep throat, and they were 11 years old, the twins. And they couldn't get out of bed, and they had to have something to do. So I brought down, we had a bunch of Andy Griffith DVDs. And, you know, every Andy Griffith show is a morality play. You know, it's always teaching you a lesson if, mm-hmm. you, if you pay attention. So I brought down about 10 Andy Griffith CDs. And the Godfather. And I told them, boys, everything you need to know about life is in these in these DVDs right here. I don't even need to father you anymore if you pay attention here. So mm. I made them watch a Godfather, and I made them watch Andy Griffith. Your thoughts on that, Brandon, that, if any? That's how they got their moral compass. It's quality parenting. All right. But even these uh, points were subject to uh, speculation uh, because not a lot is known about our friend Mickey Finn. However, uh, he made his way to Chicago, we do know that, and began working in the C.D. Levy district as a barkeeper, Brandy. Of course, you've, you've, you've known a few barkeeps in your time. I have. Well, Mickey... Intimately. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Intimately. No. Have you I'm slept, not judging you. Have you ever slept with a no. barkeep, uh, Brandy? No. Mickey no, Finn uh, made his no, mark. Barkeeps don't give you grades, Timmy. No, that's true. Oh, unless, unless he's an economics professor. He could be <laughs> yeah. in a part-time barkeep and an economics part-time professor. Part-time barkeep working on the side. A full-time yeah, barkeep and a part-time economics professor. Part-time economics professor. Mickey really? Or a part-time... A part-time economics professor and a part-time barkeep. Or a full-time barkeep and a full-time economics professor. Oh, my God. Just saying there's a lot of different combinations there, Brandy. There's there's a lot of options there. Uh, there's There's a lot of things that made him potentially sexually desirable to you, devil. That's all we're saying. Now, if he worked at Pet Boys, it would have been... He would have been in okay. like Flint. Anyway. What do you like in a man, Devil? What Tell do you look that. for in a man? In a gentleman caller? You know, in a I, suitor? <laughs> boyfriend? You know what a big thing Bo. is, though? Seriously, somebody who's dependable. Like, bae. Dependable? Uh-huh. Someone Just who's dependable? dependable? Yeah. So, yeah, like yeah. a mailman, for example. No, well, first of all... <laughs> You know, Tim, rain, sleep, let's not snow, even get into your dating history. Night. 
Let's not even get into your dating history, Timmy. I'm not talking about no, my Charles. But for Charles, you've been out of this game for a little while, and I have too. But, you know, dating is rough. And it's... Dating's rough, and it you know, you have people in the... Oh, I'll call at six, and then they don't call. And then it's a whole thing. And you know what? It's just somebody you can count on. That's a big deal. And somebody that can make you laugh. Well, Brandy, it seems to me you have a lot of pin-up anger and hostility. Did it, did that come across to you, Colonel? I, I it's there's it's seething underneath that uh mm-hmm. that's demure surface, Timmy. See, do you hear what you said? He he was supposed to come at six and he never called. That was a specific example. That wasn't a, a hypothetical there. So she's yeah, obviously no, that was very specific, mm-hmm. yeah. If you two are trying to spoil my decent mood, it's not going to happen. Apparently so, she's let me not tell you she what, doesn't deal with rejection you, very well, uh, Colonel. No, she does not. She does not handle adversity well either. Mm. Or nor does she does she know how to fight fair. There's there's when you when you I don't think she handles prosperity even well. <laughs> no, actually she does not. She does not handle prosperity, adversity, happiness, unhappiness. You what? just don't handle things well, devil. Sure I do. I have Xanax. Mm. You have a lot of build-up anger, Brandy. You should uh, you should vent that some. F- find a productive way to express your anger. It's you know, and that may be, but what helps is the two of you, you know, taking your fingernails and just chipping away at my little rage See, bubble. don't blame us. You're only with us on this podcast and maybe a few hours during the no. week. Yeah, You've got I'm some with real you. issues that you're, I'm with you're the two projecting of you almost now. every That's day. You, do you you get the sense she's projecting, Colonel? I I, I feel like there's uh, some issues she's not facing head on, Timmy, and she's projecting it on you and I, who are of course us, uh, yeah. very supportive of her, and uh, we try to be. Yeah, we try to be. I, I'm feel I feel attacked, <sighs> Colonel. Do you feel attacked? Again, Devil, and and this is. You know, you have to understand we're allies, devil. Let us let us help you help yourself. Yeah, Brandy. We're 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 in your corner. No, you're in my business. We're in your let's corner. Let's talk about the let's talk about what happened in eighteen ninety three. Hmm. Devil, can I can I tell you a, a brief story, Devil? No, because they're never brief I, and I don't care. And I this never week, care. I had to transport a bunch it. of binders. Go ahead, and, Colonel. Uh, the people want to I hear put your these voice, binders Colonel. Don't let her silence your voice. Bag. Thank you, Timmy. So I put these binders in a plastic bag. It's a Dillard's bag, a, a, a local shopping place. Certainly fascinating so far. <laughs> and then like when Macy's, I got to the right? place I needed to use the binders, I took them out of that bag. And inside that bag, I found a receipt. I found a receipt. I'm not sure how I handled this. So there was a receipt, and I look at it, and I think it's an old receipt, so I'm getting ready to pitch it. But then I see the receipt is only a couple weeks old. And I look at the receipt, and there's only one thing on there, and it's a receipt for $160 for a pair of shoes, a pair of boots. pair of boots. Expensive pair of yes. boots. Yes. Hmm. Yes, how would you handle that, devil? Well, she must have got them on sale. A hundred 
hundred and sixty dollars. They better come with a goddamn person in them for hundred and sixty dollars. Well, I mean, let's let's establish first of all that your wife owns you and makes like I don't know how many times more money than you do. So if she wants to spend hundred and sixty dollars of her money on boots, she has every right to. Well, the problem I'm with just that, Brandy, saying, is you do it one nobody time, then needs, she wants a bag, then she wants a Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah. And and for you I know, ain't Jeff Bezos up in here, goddammit. Well, nobody's asking you because you don't make enough money. She, $160 however, does. $60 for a pair of boots. It just seems excessive. How much well, did you pay for your shoes, Colonel? Yeah. He found I, them on see, sale for I, like $25. I live by a code, Timmy. Uh-huh. And, and men, if you're listening, this is a code you need to follow. I'm, I'm like the Jordan Peterson of clothing. You know how he has his 12 rules? Yes. I'm going to put this in another book, Timmy. The Colonel's Rules for Living. I like it. I, I, and I do. I have a hard limit. I will not spend more than nineteen ninety nine on a shirt. That's fair, Brandy. I will not spend, unless they're jeans, you have to spend more because I like a particular type of Levi's. But unless a jean, uh, if the pants slacks, mm-hmm. I will not spend more than twenty four ninety nine. And if they're shoes for work, I will not spend more than thirty nine ninety nine. And if they're gym shoes, I will not spend more than fifty nine ninety nine. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? If any, is a code. It's a goddamn good code. It's a man code. Your thoughts, Brandy? Well, it's a bullshit code, and we can all see when you come into work that you've not spent more than nineteen ninety nine. Most of the time, on the entire outfit. Are you saying and he see? he's not spending inve- investing in his attire, Brandy? Is that what you're trying to say? But again, his wife makes a lot more money. She can spend her money on what she wants. I would like to hear about the eighteen ninety three World Columbian Exposition. Okay. That's all I well, want to hear about. Okay, Mickey Finn made his mark in Chicago when he went there to work as a barkeep in the 1893 World Columbian Exposition, also known as the World's Fair, Brandy. Um, I say that for you who are not as sophisticated as myself. And soon... Have you ever spent $160 on a pair of boots, devil? I will And I'm not talking about your younger days when you were a go-go dancer. Oh, well, then no. When it was when you could write them off on your taxes, yeah. Yeah, then no. Yeah, it's excessive. Well, it is what it is. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. Do you think she dominatrixes, makes three or four times what I make? So if I made think, as much money as do her, you think I would. Dominatrixes are able to. First of all, is it the plural of dominatrix dominatrix, and second of second it's of dominatri, all, Timmy. Do do they get to write off whips and stuff like that? I guess they do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Never thought of that. Anyway, all right. The World Fair. Did you see how quickly the devil answered that? Du- no, she she knew right off the top of her head. Yep, <laughs> she did. Michael Finn was in Chicago before. for the 1893 World's Fair. Of course, that was the World's Fair brandy that you're. I know you're familiar with that. H. H. Holmes did all his dastardly deeds. Yes, uh, but that's another podcast. Anyway. Uh, Michael Finn soon uh, took up a job at Toronto Gyms in the city on in the city's Whiskey Row. That's a name the area of town, Brandy, where there's a lot of bars. Yeah, so got it. He, he started working at Toronto Gyms, probably because Jim was from Toronto, would be my guess. But his trouble 
making ways, caught up with him there when he uh, socked a customer with a bunge starter. Do you know what a bunge starter is, Brandy? Uh, it's the mallet that bartenders use to whack loose kegs of beer. You're right. How did you know that? Thank you. Because I, I am a wealth of useless information. Well, he hit this guy with Well, the, you know how many kegs she's opened up in her lifetime, <laughs> Timmy? <laughs> she drinks right from the keg a lot of times. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. he hit this customer. He was working in this bar. He hit this customer with this uh, bun starter so hard that it popped this guy's eye out. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, Brandy. <laughs> Did he get That's it? That's horrible. Probably didn't get I it, would be my guess. Jesus. You know, you would think That's you would hard. have to hit somebody. You would, mean, how hard, You'd really? think you'd have to hit somebody in the back of the head for that, Timmy. Mm. Well, it doesn't say where he, hit the cuss, where he hit him. Yeah. He well, needless to say, like we, we lose a lot of eyes in this, pod, in this episode, by the way, just forewarning. Perfect. For those who have... You know, some sort of irrational fear about losing their eyeball. This is not the episode for you. Anyway, needless to say, Mickey Finn found himself out of a job after that stunt, Brandy. Yeah, you can't really keep somebody around after that happens. It's not good but, for this. You know, the thing, if he popped both eyes out, the customer wouldn't have known that Jim uh, that uh, Mickey Finn was still working <laughs> he there. he did it. Or That's that true. He did it. Or that he was still working there. You could have kept him. He just like wouldn't have been a problem. He could have just like when they, he came up and ordered a beer, he could like used a fake, I don't know, German accent or something. He could use his <laughs> Irish accent. Well, I think he probably would have may have recognized him since his name was Mickey Finn. Most yeah. it's an Irish name. But anyway, you know, you know the so tap is you Leanne put on Flanagan those. Colonel and she has an Irish name and she has a fake Irish name. But I, see, and I think that should be in our constitution. But, they can't have but it wouldn't apply to her, hmm. I guess, because she's a uh, she's an alien. She's a Tory. She be what we call. She is a Tory. You know, Timmy. Speaking of tapping kegs, uh-huh. you know the the tap you put on a keg. Uh-huh. You know what the devil calls that? No, the metal straw. A straw. <laughs> the metal straw. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> So Finn, uh, Mickey, uh, persevered, Brandy, and around 1896, three years later, he opened his Persevered? Was he making preservatives? He opened his own saloon, Brandy, called the Lone Star... persevered. (laughs) Called the Lone Star Cafe and Palm Garden, Brandy. It's got got a classic name, you've got to admit. That's a long name. That's got to be hard to put on napkins. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, the Lone Star, and he's not even from Texas. Right? No, there ain't... Why would you name no your, Irish people in Texas. Why would you name your bar the Lone Star Cafe and Palm Garden? Yeah, I agree. That is it is a little lengthy in the terms of its name. Can't get and that. They on don't have any palm either, trees Brandy. in Texas. You remember when uh, Colonel? You ever give your slip your number to uh, a woman on a uh, matchbox? That's something we can't do anymore, really. Because you don't, oh, on a matchbook. Yeah, matchboxes yeah. are trickier. Well, yeah, but a matchbook is what I meant. Yeah, you ever do that, Brandy? Anymore? You ever slip no. your number to a guy on a matchbook? No, it was fucking cool. Nope. It was a cool move. 
If that doesn't get you laid, cool then uh, you you really don't have much going for you. Well, if that doesn't get you laid, she's a lesbian, Timmy. Oh, Jesus. Well, you know, we've gotten a lot of mail, Colonel, about Brandy's uh, man-hating ways. And yeah. we've got a lot of uh, complaints from lesbians who say they like men better than Brandy does. <laughs> and not to... They don't want associated with her. Don't uh, sully our names yeah. by associating us with the likes of the devil. Right. This is a really fun game that we're playing here, <laughs> but come on. All right. So anyway, Mickey opened his own uh, own bar in the heart of Chicago's uh, Levy District. He ran the business with his wife, who was named Kate Rose. Uh, Kate Rose, okay. of course, very another very uh, Irish name, Colonel. Yeah. Now, uh, Mickey's bar that he opened was was a black and tan bar, and that was a term used to describe establishments where black, white, and immigrant patrons mingled. Brandy, so it was a, they had a lot of diversity, Colonel. You know, um, you're very open minded when it comes to uh, to mingling with all people. And so I'm sure. You, well, of course, the Colonel. The Irish are the Irish. He was an Irish. The Irish are a very, uh, a very uh, inclusive group, Timmy. Unlike Brandy, because she would just, you know, she would just hang out with her men-hating friends. Now she's right. Uh, yeah, no men in the bar. Get out of here, men. Yes, I don't care what color you are, what your background is. Get out of here. But this is because of some uh, – this wasn't because of some progressive ethic uh, on his part, but rather uh, it was considered that these bars at the time were considered in low-class areas uh, and other bars in wealthier neighborhoods were more exclusive. So oh, Mickey's okay. trying to, to turn a buck. Uh, so he opens this bar, the Lone Star Saloon and Palm Garden. <laughs> It was more than just a neighborhood dive, Brandy. Uh, it was also headquarters. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. Are you yawning, devil? I did, yes. Was that a yawn? Are you not enthralled Timmy with this story? Timmy sits down and wrote a compelling story. Well, compelling. If we could get this to is, it, then maybe I would find it more This has got compelling. me on the edge of my goddamn seat here, and you're yawning. Well, well you need it, to it, sleep. It, you, know, you need to live right. Don't, don't think so much. How it affects me, Colonel, because, you know, I slave day and night for these scripts. I research right. all hours in the morning and all hours mm-hmm. of the day. I'm, I'm up at dawn. I'm, I go to bed at 7 p.m. And <laughs> I work my fingers to the bone to bring these. But don't think about me, Brandy. Well, think about our listeners. You owe it to our listeners to be more invested in the story in this podcast. Instead of if we could get yawning, to the story, like if we could get bored, to the story, I would be invested. Like you, you, you don't care about our listeners. Is yeah. that what you hear, Brent? You hear her yawn, Colonel. What What does that say to and, you, Colonel? Well, instead of yawning, you should have just said, "Hey, listeners, fuck you." That's what that. That's what they heard. Fuck because that's you. what you're essentially saying, say Brandy. That's what you're saying no. when you're yawning. Uh, you only get a spend. One hour a week with our listeners. When one, hour? Spin, one hour? One hour a week. This is going to turn out to be a three-hour tour if we don't get going. Hmm. All right. Huh. Where was I, Brandy? I, well, I, I just think know. it was hurtful and inappropriate. 
And I and I've talked to you a number of times about being more professional. Yes, Brandy. Yeah, these people they work hard during the week. They want a little entertainment, and they tune. There's yeah. millions of podcasts out there, Colonel, as you know. Who? Do, where do they turn? Where do they turn for? They turn to us. They turn to us, Timmy. And this is they turn to us, and we can't get and to the goddamn story. And your compelling stories, they Colonel. They, she yawns. Like right. you said, right. she might as well just say, fuck you, listeners. I don't care yeah. about you. All I care yeah, about it's just, is me. Yeah, and, and, and the six-pack I got waiting for breakfast. And my Vicodin. And my, and my yeah, yeah, and the Vicodin. Hmm. You wish I had Vicodin. Well, Brandy, the Lone Star Saloon and Palm Garden was more than just a Jesus. neighborhood dive. It was also the headquarters of Mickey Finn's illegal activities, Brandy. Yes. It is where he fenced stolen goods, supervised pickpockets, and B-girls. He had B-girls, Colonel. B-girls. I like B-girls. Who engaged in sleazy—it was a sleazy uh, enterprise, Brandy. Your thoughts on that, if any? Well, no, I, have, I have no thoughts. This, now this is starting to get good. Let's keep it moving. The modest venue served only beer and whiskey and was staffed by what they call house girls, Colonel, house girls. So you couldn't get you a good gin and tonic in there. You just had to get the beer and whiskey. And, you know, in, in Thailand they have <laughs> – I hesitate, I hesitate to bring this up, Brandy, but in Thailand they have BJ bars. You know what those are, Brandy? <laughs> yes, I can guess. Where you can sit down at the bar – have a drink, and one of the ladies would uh, pleasure you, sort of. I, I think we figured that out. All right. Well, this yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not sure I would like that kind of bar. I would because, like, I like to go to a bar, get some cheese sticks, and watch the Broncos, Timmy. So you don't think That's you would like a uh, BJ bar, Colonel? It Bro- would distract me once the Broncos got down to the goal line. It would just be a distraction. I just have to say. Hey, B girl, could you just hold up for just a few minutes? I need to see if I need to see if Philip Lindsay's going to get into the end zone here. Then clearly, you would not go to that bar. You would go to another bar. Well, I might stumble in there accidentally. You, you know, brief story, yeah, brief aside no, here. They're never brief. They're never now, brief. Tanner, they're barely stories. Tanner and Taylor <laughs> live in Chicago. And, oh my God. Uh, well, they don't anymore. Tanner moved to Los Angeles. This I'm going to go make me a cup story. of coffee. People are fucking killing me. <laughs> and he, uh, Taylor, uh-huh. would, they often went out to bars together. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that um, my son Tanner is gay. Mm-hmm. And he would go to gay bars. Right. Well, who goes to gay bars? Well, gay men. But Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Often women who are not wanting to be hit on for that night, you know? Right, right. And uh, Taylor said, you know, Dad, once they have a couple drinks and you get dancing, it's like a whole buffet with no competition in it whatsoever. Well, that's, You're the only straight guy in there. He's got a point. And now that Tana has moved to Los Angeles, Taylor continues going to gay bars. <laughs> to meet women. Because he he just says the but atmosphere is very but, nice. Yeah, but but wouldn't you run a wouldn't you run into gay women by doing that? No, they they they're Apparently, like divided up amongst, you know, there's like uh, lesbian they have their bars, own bar. lesbian bar. Yeah. Okay, I would like but to he go says, to a lesbian bar, Brandy. Would you accompany me? Nope. See, I'd be afraid I'd get no. Beat you know up what? I by, would because you know, I yeah. want to see what but, happens by one of Brandy's fans. So, but he says the atmosphere is much nicer. People were more chill, and he said, you know, these. These girls say they don't want to dance and meet a guy, but once once they have a couple of drinks, they want to dance and meet well, a guy. Well, that's what I've I don't I've know. always what's the point? What Brandy. is your point? Once she got liquored up, then uh, she's the life of the party. Is what I heard, uh, Colonel. I don't know about you. I, yeah. I am, hmm. but what yeah, is your point? Like you told that story anyway, in Mickey that Ben's everybody bar, already has girls, figured out. Many of the girls in Mickey Ben's bar, Brandy, was were street prostitutes with unsavory names. Get out. Brandy. And get some of these names, Colonel. There was the dummy Fife. Isabel. Her, her dummy name is Isabel. The dummy Fife, yeah. One-eyed Sally. She had a, a had a, she had one real eye and one glass eye. Um, and then there was Mary Brandy. There was Mary Go to Thornton, whose job uh, jobs were to flirt with the patrons and encourage them to drink more liquor. Uh, go to Mary Goldtooth Thornton. Ma- Mary Goldtooth. I love Thornton her. Would later uh, provide testimony that would lead to, uh, to Mickey's arrest. So she turned state evidence, uh, Colonel, much like uh, maybe some of the uh, current uh, politicians in Washington will be doing. <laughs> yes, she was singing like a canary with that gold tooth, Timmy. <laughs> Mary Goldtooth. Thornton. I bet she was they a looker. They didn't have texting you. back then. I bet she was a looker. Oh, I bet she was. Now, she, although well, compared to wait a minute, compared to One Eye and the Dummy, she may very well have been. <laughs> I, I couldn't find a first name for Dummy Fife. All I could find was Dummy. That was all that was in my research. <laughs> that seems mean. No, well, it's not just Dummy. It's the Dummy Fife. The, the dummy. dummy. Yeah. So yes, comparatively speaking, Goldtooth was probably killing it. Because you got one girl that can't, you know, tell her left hand from her right, and the other one that continually walks, you know, off because her depth perception. Yeah, but the one with up. Colonel, I bet that one with the glass eye had her own specialty, if you know what I mean. She was a niche girl, Timmy. She was a niche <laughs> well, girl. You think there's a one? You're eye, a niche. You think there's one? You're eye a niche porn? girl. Remember that song? Yeah. 
Call you a know, niche girl. Brandy, and you're gone too let me tell you, because you know Brandy gave me a ride one day to lunch or something. Mm-hmm. The whole way it was hauling oats. I mean, I thought it was like 1974. Oh, for Christ's sake! <laughs> what did that little guy do anyway? What little guy? Uh, uh, haul? Is that haul? The little guy in that band was he haul? Uh, uh, he was oats. Uh, he was just riding Hall's coattails <laughs> the whole way. I think one of them died. I think. They're both alive? No, they didn't. They're both alive. Brandy, why is it you like the uh, Hall and or Oats? I don't. I, you played that. You played know. their music the whole time I was in your. I car. did because I love really bad eighties music. It was like seventies, but okay. Do. Anyway, well, no, they were in the eighties too. Man Eater, eighties. Man Eater. So, you see what song oh, she went to she, right there? Of course she'd know that song. Oh, oh, here she comes. Probably. She's a man eater. Probably a uh, probably her theme song. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know <laughs> she probably got that on her. She probably has that in her will to play at her funeral. <laughs> yeah, she does. Ooh, I about that. I'm ba- play Man Eater on bagpipes for me, please. <laughs> oh Although Mickey gosh. and Kate, his wife Kate, did okay financially with their bar, uh, running a straight business wasn't enough for the couple. They always wanted more, Brandy. So the couple, with the help of their house girls, ran several different scams to steal money from patrons. A typical scam involved charging customers insane prices for watered-down drinks. Barmaid Mary Goldtooth Thornton would meet a stranger in the city, promise him sex... If they would first go out and get liquored up. Brandy, your thoughts on that? Have you ever had sex after getting liquored up? Well, of course. <laughs> Seems like a dumb question. <laughs> when the guy would agree, uh, would agree, Goldtooth would bring him to Mickey's bar and order drinks. The man would not know what, or the man would not know that Goldtooth <laughs> was actually working at the bar. The stranger would be given a menu with, without prices. When it came time to settle the bill, the stranger would discover that the tab was outrageously high. If the guy complained, Mickey would uh, come from behind the bar with a club and threaten to beat the customer if he refused to pay. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? Seems like a solid business plan. Seems like that would get you some, some one-star ratings on Yelp to me. <laughs> well, yeah, Ano- there's that. Another scam, Brandy, involved house girl named One-Eye Sally. Now, Sally was an attractive woman, Brandy, around 20 years old from Elgin, Illinois. Uh, our good friend uh, Michelle Johns is from up near Chicago, Brandy. Yeah. She's our good friend. Yes. Uh, we missed her at uh, Weepcon this year. She's a uh, lovely woman. Yeah. Uh, by, but I think Tara is up there, too, I think. By the time... She knits, too. Huh? She's a knitter. She knits? She's, she likes to knit I things. wish she would knit me a suit, Brandy, because I need a new suit. You think she would, Michelle would knit me a suit if I uh, asked her? Yes. I need a peckle warmer. Tara Fuller warmer. is up there, too. You need a what? A peckle warmer. No, One of those things that's... you can put on your pecker at night to keep it warm. <sighs> I didn't know they sold those. Do they sell those online, or where do you buy those? Yeah, you can buy them. Hmm. You can buy them. Did you know that, Brandy? Yeah. I had one. It got all stretched out. I had to 
<laughs> had to put it in the washer and dryer and try to shrink it back down, and it got too small. Long story, but you, you look on Amazon. You can find them. Well, maybe she'll, maybe she'll, uh, maybe she will knit us one for all the male members of of uh, History Dweebs. We could have a fundraiser, Timmy. Yeah. Now, of course, Colonel, yours and mine will take a little longer than the rest of the guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to send an extra spoil yarn there. But <laughs> by by the time she turned Good eighteen, <laughs> by the time one eye Sally turned eighteen, she had a criminal record, Brandy, mostly for prostitution and pickpocketing. Pickpocketing. She had lost her eye when she was 16 uh, when she was caught with a married man. The man's wife hit Sally in the face with a two by four. <laughs> Holy oh my God. The board had a nail, uh, the board uh, they, she hit her with had a nail protruding out of it and it oh punctured Sally's left eye. Doctors Ooh. were, un- well, I told you well. this. I told you I put that warning out there about people who are squeamish, screamish about. It's like some shit out of the Saw movies, Tim. Oh, my God. Doctors were unable to save the eye. And Annie, what was her name? Uh, Oh, Sally. Sally used a glass eye for the rest of her life, Colonel. You know, I knew a guy who had a glass eye, and it was an ill-fitting glass eye, Timmy. Uh Uh-huh. And when you was talking to him... It'd occasionally fall out. Oh, that's and the, the first uh, time I met him, uh-huh. I did not know he had a glass eye, and I was talking to him, and his damn eye fell out and hit the table. <laughs> I would have passed out. It's like nothing I ever seen before, Timmy. Although <laughs> he offered me a donut, he had a box of donuts. He offered me a donut and said, "There's Boston cream in there. There's my favorites." And I heard a clink, and it was his goddamn eyeball. He, it fell in the donuts. No, it didn't oh. fall in the donuts. It just hit the table. But well, you might it, know. I, I was a little unnerved by that, Timmy. Well, it, once you gain your composer, though, you could take as many donuts probably as you wanted because he wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. At least you got to take it from his left I, side. Well, he, yeah, he could only see what I was taking with my left hand. Now, although Sally had a nice body, Brandy, she had a disfigure. Her disfigurement was not good for her business as a prostitute. Now, desperately needing income. Sally took a job at Mickey's Bar and was always willing to take part in any illegal schemes that would supplement her income. So she was, you know, trying to raise some money. Entrepreneurial. Exactly. One of her the most prolific uh, scams, profitable, profitable scams that Mickey ran with Sally was uh, a con involving her glass eye. Mickey's, uh, Mickey and his wife... Uh, Mickey and his wife would dress Sally elegantly with a new dress, fake pearl necklace, and imitation for a coat to run the scam, and Sally pretended to be the widow of a very wealthy railroad tycoon, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? Oh, okay. Sally would then go uh, to one of the finer stores uh, along Magnificent Mile in Chicago there, she would pretend to shop and make small talk at, uh, with the shop owners about her late husband. She would then leave the store and return a few minutes later, squinting, pretending that she had lost her glass eye. Now, generally... That'd the, be hard to find. It'd take you twice as long to find it if you only got one <laughs> eye. Right. 
Now, generally, the shopkeeper would uh, then start looking around the store for her eye. But the eye, of course, would not be found. Sally then pretends to panic and declare that the glass eye was an anniversary gift from her late husband. Nothing says, I love you (laughs) like like a glass glass eye eye for your anniversary. Sally would claim uh, the eye was custom-made in Paris and was worth several thousands of dollars. Oh. Now, Sally, still squinting, then would leave the shop uh, and tell the shopkeeper that she was willing to pay a $1,000 reward for the return of her glass eye. Sally then would give uh, her contact information, usually a fake P.O. box, uh, to the shopkeeper. The next day, Mickey's wife, Kate, would enter the store and pretend to find the glass eye. The storekeeper, the storekeeper thinking of the reward, would then offer to take, the, take it and return it to the owner. Kate then would uh, insist that she would return the eye herself and would demand the owner's address. So she's, you know, this is part of the scam. Afraid that he would lose the chance at the reward, the shopkeeper often would offer $100 or sometimes more for the eye. Kate would haggle with the shopkeeper and bargain him up to 250 or so and then leave the store. The money, of course, would then be shared between Mickey and one eye Sally. That's quite the scam there, Brandy. It's very. It's that a is very, quite a scam. Um, you know, I lost a tooth like that one time. Oh Jimmy. Jesus! Here's the thing: how many you would go through a lot of glass eyes doing that? No, no, no. She just take her glass eye out and pretend to lose it. Right, I got that. But if they gave the glass eye to the shop owner to return to the fake address, oh yeah, you're right. You because would. that was the point. She would give her two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, but her, I mean, you know, you know, you can get a good you can get a good glass eye for two or three dollars, especially back in the day. Well, and and my guess is she was just using marbles anyway. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I mean, you can get a marble. I just need a marble about this round. Just shove it in there. Well, yeah, give me a pretty one because they don't work. So I mean. Yeah, she looked like David Bowie. (laughs) Nice. Brandy, can you tell us what happens next in the life of Mickey Finn? God, I'd love to. This was just one of the elaborate scams that Mickey and his girls would run to supplement their income. The girls were also prostituting and would often take their admirers to a shady hotel called Maud's Place across the street from Mickey's bar. They were tooting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Maud was a 67-year-old Russian immigrant who drank whiskey and chewed tobacco. She is amazing. You know, my my grandmother on my dad's side chewed tobacco. She smoked a pipe and chewed tobacco. Yeah. (laughs) Not at the same time, I don't think. Maybe. I I bet she did, yeah. Uh, To run this scam, the house girls would usually target strangers from out of town who would just drop by the bar for a drink. One of the house girls would chat him up. Sit on his lap and rub his crotch. Oh, Colonel, Once, you you you've been ooh. there, Colonel. We've all been there. Yeah, I've been there. That's uh, yeah, that's a that's a hallmark move. <laughs> <laughs> Once the mark was sufficiently aroused, the girls suggested, or the girls would suggest that they make their way over to Maud's place for some fun. Once there, the John would pay Maud two dollars for the room for thirty minutes. Damn, Once the couple, that's cheap. 
Yeah, well, once the couple was in the room, the girl would ask her pay up front. After she put her money away, she would slowly undress the guy. Once naked, she'd hang her clothes up in the closet, and inside the closet was a trap door. Once the couple was having sex, Maude would open the trap door, quietly go through the stranger's pockets, and take any money he may have on him. The money was then split between Maude, the girl, and Mickey. That is a little dishonest, Brandy. A little bit. Uh, See, but the scam, I'm all for legalized prostitution, but not that kind. Mm. Uh, but then, but the scam Mickey Finn is best known for was, of course, involving knockout drops. Mickey Finn's scheme was simple. He invented a cocktail called the Mickey Finn Special that he promoted on the store's saloon sign. It was a pricey drink meant to lure those with enough cash in their pockets worth robbing, with no mention of what was in it. Ew. Uh, the special drink, in fact, was a mix of alcohol, Tabasco, snuff-soaked water, and a white liquid that could knock God out an damn. adult man in seconds. Uh, they have the, to put the snuff in there. Yeah, it's <clears throat> weird. The milk-white substance was allegedly chloral hydrate, a sedative that was first produced in the 1830s and was supplied to Finn by a drug dealer slash voodoo doctor who went by the moniker Dr. Hall. After oh, customer, then later he would meet Dr. Oates and they would form a <laughs> uh, band. There you go. She's gone. After huh? a cu- she's gone. Do a little she's gone for a customer. <laughs> no. Please don't. After a customer passed out from the drink, Mickey Finn's bar team would wait until the venue was empty before dragging the unconscious patron into one of the back operating rooms. The customer would then be stripped of their possessions, and the girls in Finn's barkeep would each get a percentage of the loot. The drug Finn used in his robbery scheme was believed to be chlorohydrate. Um, after they'd done all this, they'd thrown the victim out into the alley, penniless and none the wiser as to what happened to him. It was was almost, he naked? Uh, I don't think so, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, it was almost a fail-proof crime. To divert public suspicion, Finn gave bribes to local authorities. But regardless of how careful he was, he could never prevent the loose lips of Goldtooth and the dummy from ratting him out. Ah. You're never going to stop the dummy from talking. The well, dummy always she, the dummy talks. Five. She clearly doesn't know any better. Yeah. In December of 1903, Goldtooth and the dummy confessed to Chicago police who arrested Mickey Finn and closed up his shady business for good. According to... The Chicago Daily Tribune report of Finn's indictment, published on December 16th, 1903, <laughs> bless her heart, Goldtooth gave the court incriminating testimony of Finn's drug robbery operation. I worked for Finn a year and a half, and in that time I saw a dozen men given dope by Finn and his bartender. The work was done in two little rooms adjoining the Palm Garden in the back of the saloon. <sighs> Goldtooth, traitorous, traitorous Goldtooth. Her testimony was enough to arrest Mickey Finn and launch an investigation that put the saloon out of business. Though it would be the last. Well, Chicago, she, kept, no, she it, testified against him, Colonel. That's not cool. She was yeah. a rat. No, Colonel. and you know, here's the whole thing. If you're going to run a scam, like you've seen the Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve movies. Mm-hmm. Sophisticated things they had going on there, Timmy. Of course. Not one of those characters was named the dummy. 
or gold tooth. If you or gold tooth, gold tooth run sounds a scam, like a, although gold tooth sounds like a 007 movie. Yeah, bad guy in 007, but you never had the dummy in an elaborate no, scam. No. If you're planning something with someone whose nickname is the dummy, you leave them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though it would be the last Chicago would hear of Mickey Finn, he moved out of town after his business shuttered and eventually died of liver damage in 1911. Unfortunately, it would not be the last of these kinds of crimes in the Windy City. The waiter strike of 1903 occurred the same year that Mickey Finn was arrested. It occurred a few months after the Russian Revolution and right in the middle of the Red Scare. People all over the country feared the spread of communism and officials looked to suppress it. They did so by cracking down on labor unions made up of immigrants from Eastern Europe. In the summer of 1918, police launched a major raid at the offices of the Chicago's of Chicago's Waiters Union. They rounded up more than 100 servers working in the local restaurant industry on suspicion of food poisoning. The raid was unlike anything that the city had ever seen before, and it came after the swanky Hotel Sherman hired an undercover detective to investigate an alarming amount of food poisonings among the hotel's well-to-do patrons. Hey, that's What's smart, the, though. If, like if getting you're gonna, your shrimp if, cocktail... Yeah, yeah, I mean that's what? smart if you're a, if you're going to strike against a you know a restaurant or something. That's smart. You you poison mm-hmm. the guest. It hurts, it hurts the business. Yeah. Well, yeah, it hurts your but, return customer. I think but. Burger King does that because I mean every time I order there. <laughs> continue, Brandy. <laughs> no, you just order something special and they spit on it every time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what the detective discovered was astonishing. The city's waiters had been purchasing 20 cents, 20 cent packets of an illegal powdery substance known as Mickey Finn's powder that, if ingested, would cause violent gastronomical problems. The drug Have you ever had gastronomical problems, Colonel? Um, I mean, I, there have been times in my life that I've that I've had a virus or a flu or something like that, and it's not pleasant. Mm, it's not. So I tell you, when I had it, when I had my colonoscopy, Timmy, mm. you know what that's like. Yeah, that's not a good time to have it. No, Did you have not. to drink that stuff that makes you? He probably didn't. I did. I had, but you know what? They didn't get. They didn't give me the hundred dollar bottle. My. My guy was one of those cheap guys who was like, go to Kroger, buy these two bottles. They're like 79 cents a piece. Drink one. And, you know, mine. <clears throat> my doctor told me just go to White Castle and have a couple of their spot- <laughs> yeah. sliders. Well, Timmy, I drank the bottle. Mm-hmm. And uh, about six hours later, nothing's happening. I'm not even getting rumblings or anything else. And I, so I called a doctor, and I'm a little concerned because, you know, I got a colonoscopy the next day. I need to be cleaned out. So uh, it, it's like the second bottle heard me call the doctor, and he's like, well, you t- you're drinking another bottle in an hour. And I drank the other bottle, and it's like the second bottle heard me and said, you called us ineffective. <laughs> we're going to see we're, we're going to see." how effective we are and i drank the second bottle waited about 15 minutes and i got cramping that 
no woman in labor has ever experienced, Timmy. Well, oh, now, you can't and, say uh, that to them because, you know, Brandy, she'll, she likes to exaggerate the pain that women get. Oh, I know. they. It's like, oh, it's like – but anyway – so, yes, it cleaned me up pretty good. As a matter of fact, Timmy, it, it kept me up all night. And then, Timmy, I don't, I don't know if I've told our faithful listeners this before. When I got there, I have, I have a weird chemical makeup of some sort. They gave me the lauded inversed, which should put down a pretty healthy elephant. And told me to count back to 100, and I got to 75, and the nurse got concerned. Mm -hmm. And she said, doctor, this does not seem to be taking effect on him. And he said, give him a double dose. <laughs> and they gave me another dose. <clears throat> and I, they said, what's your kids' names? And I reeled them off. Count back to 100. I got back to 75 again. And the nurse is like, what are we going to What do we do here? And the doctor said, well, I can't give you any more drugs because you'll have an overdose. So we're going to have to reschedule so I can give you fentanyl when we do this. And I said, I'm not going through that process again. Whatever you have to do, just do. And I had a colonoscopy wide awake with no sedatives, Timmy. Well, Colonel, that's that goes to kind of your the rugged nature of your... Uh, of your personality, but Trowbridge would appreciate that. It also goes in the bucket of who gives a shit. <laughs> well, I I kind of like that fucking... stuff. You haven't had a colonoscopy yet, have you, Brandy? I mean, you're till you're, you're you don't turn fifty till what later in the year. But what? No, <laughs> what? No, I'm too young for a fucking colonoscopy. <laughs> but uh, I, I I would I wish you could just buy that stuff over the counter because I'd like to drink it like once or twice a week. You can buy it over you the counter. You can buy it over the, the stuff counter. That I was did. the point. Yeah, the stuff he gave me was over the no, counter. Not much stuff. stuff I I had to get a prescription. Was it castor stuff. oil? Ew. No, it was. It was something. It came in a small little bottle. You get it at the pharmacy, and it's real cheap, and it tastes like Seven Up. <clears throat> and it was. Uh, not it mine. Was quite mine effective. tastes like shit. Yeah, Gross. that's. And he told me to take. Uh, I took like it's six Vulcalax. You went to what? It was, it was, it was quite, it was quite the violent reaction, Timmy. Okay, great. <laughs> and so I told God. the doctor, I had to, I had to have mine because I waited a little bit long, Timmy. <laughs> it was like and it you, was the day you went before to Taco Bell or something. <laughs> it was the day before my fifty-fourth birthday. Well, you're four and years they were gonna late. Schedule, I know I was late, and they were going to no schedule one gives it a shit. for the next week. No one and cares. I said. I said, no, I want it scheduled when I'm 53 on December 6th because my risks obviously are lower at 53 than they will be at 54. No right? That's true. That's true. All right. So Can I, I had it when I was 53 years okay. old. But don't wait on your colonoscopies. But yeah, Brandy, no even though you're, that, you don't turn 50. Is that the 50, fucking moral to your story? Even though you don't oh, turn shit. 50 till your next birthday, Brandy, you probably should get that what? scheduled right away. Well, thank you for that. The drug was later found to be tartar emic, emtic, a concoction produced by W. Stuart Wood, a pseudo-pharmacist who manufactured the drug with his wife. Wood named the drug Mickey Finn Powder as a tribute aw, to the conniving saloon owner who was arrested around the same time. Many believe that 
This was the origins of the saying slip a Mickey as a reference to being drugged or knocked unconscious by a spiked beverage or meal. The drug bust at the Waiters Union explained the cause behind countless reports of food poisoning that had occurred across Chicago in previous weeks. Customers at restaurants, clubs, and hotels in the city were getting sick, shaking, and vomiting uncontrollably after consuming what authorities suspected was food laced with this drug. Among those arrested in the raid were two men who worked the union headquarters bar, along with the president of the subsidiary bartender's union, officials from the waiters and cooks union, and, of course, Wood, who was the mastermind behind the powdered drug. According to the report by the Tribune, the customer that had fallen ill during the food poisoning, or the customers that had fallen ill during the food poisoning epidemic were mostly prominent Chicagoans who hadn't tipped their waiters generously. Well, there you go. See, it Tip seems like staff. you would want an extended release drug because what can't be good for business is people shaking uncontrollably, vomiting, and soiling themselves in the booth while they're eating the, as a you know waiting on dessert or to pay their bill. Yeah, it would kind of this stuff took effect immediately. It would kind of tend to make you lose your appetite, Brandy, if you see someone soil yeah, themselves. Could, could I have a table next to someone who is not shitting themselves, please? That's right, all. You know, again, tip your wait staff. They well, don't have these yeah, that's problems. always a good thing. Yeah. Let me tell you what happened after this. There was fallout from this devil. There was some fallout. fallout. There was some fallout. And even before the Chicago waiters plotted against stingy tippers, another bout of mass food poisoning occurred during a swanky event at the university club what dozens of the city's elite, including the mayor and the governor, this sounds like some shit from Batman, the mayor and the governor had gathered to become gravely ill two years prior in 1916. More than 100 guests at this soiree. Soiree. Have you ever been to a soiree, Brandy? I have. How did you get Held in, in honor of the new Archbishop George Munchkin had become nope. sick. Mundelein? Mundelein? Mundelein, yeah, but they, but all the other priests called him Munchkin. He was a short little guy. Oh, I doubt that they did that. <clears throat> they became sick after consuming chicken soup. Chicken soup's supposed to be good for you. That's what you eat good. when you're not feeling good. It's soup good. for the soul. <laughs> it's yeah. soup for the soul. Well, this turned out to be soup for the rectum. So <laughs> yeah. it turned out that the food had been spiked with arsenic. By now, tell me this doesn't sound like a bad guy. Rectum, Nesta, Dong, Olo, Dong, Don Doglio. Don Doglio. <clears throat> there you go. You know, you don't meet too An many Italian, one named Nestor anymore. No, you don't. He was an Italian antichrist. Nope. Who, Anarchist. <laughs> and, he, was just, <laughs> he may have been the antichrist too, Brandy. You don't know. But he was also an anarchist. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know I, what kind of tattoos he had on his head. I love the King's he, English. Go ahead. He advocated for class revolt and had only meant to poison the munchkin himself. Hmm. Now, hmm. Dong, Dong Dilio had disguised himself as an assistant chef named Jean Crone. John Crone. And slipped in among the kitchen staff unnoticed before carrying out his revenge because against the city's... The kitchen staff is not very observant, uh, Colonel. 
No, they're not. Oh, and most of them back in apparently back in those days, most of them only had one eye. So he he carried out his revenge against the city's one percentist, Timmy. Uh-huh. Now, after both these incidents of food poisonings, the food industry descended into fear and chaos. Chaos, Brandy. Fear and chaos. The city's public was on high alert. High there were food alert. tasters. People were hiring food tasters for St. Patty's Day festi- oh, festivities. Well, as waiters across Chicago. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Try this. I've got one. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I, the strike, they continue to strike. Logan. Don't eat it's out. called Logan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Rudy. He's got a hearty oh constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colonel, you know, how's that's Bo what doing? I do every we get a lot of a uh, lot of people want to know how Bo is. Bo is a psychotic to me. That's your new he's dog. He's psychotic, but he Come is a dapper. On. He's a dapper psychotic. He, Brandy, have you seen the sweaters? That a long Bo time today has yes. uh, been wearing. He, he does looks look like pretty. he needs to be carried around in a man purse, which I'm sure that Chuck does. In a, I've got him some cable sweaters, and he's uh. He the the other night I was sitting in a chair. And he looked like he looks like Randy off. Rainbow's dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I kind of dozed off, and I woke up, and he had both paws on my shoulders, and was staring because he's he's so light you can't feel him on you. He had both paws on my shoulders and was staring me straight in the face like a cat does. <laughs> There's just something wrong with that dog, but but anyway, the city's public was on high alert. High alert. So people were hiring food tasters. And you know what I used to do? Because, you know, I, I could never trust this one. Is that when when dinner was made, mm-hmm. occasionally I would switch my plate with Tanner's. Oh, nice. So you yeah, have just good parenting. So you don't always... Well, you're saying you don't trust uh, Mrs. Colonel that much. No, not at all, Timmy. Not at all. So... In Tanner, she would never let anything happen to Tanner. The other two, she might take a risk on, but not Tanner. So I would switch my plate with Tanner. That's smart, Brandy. Uh, that's a smart. That's yeah, a smart I, strategy. No, I get that. But let me let me say this. I have kept my husband in the back room here like a dog for the past two hours, and I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to do that. Well, so, uh, Brandy, if you were if you were on time today, we would have had the podcast yeah. done by now. Oh. Motherfucker, please. <laughs> please. We Your all know. lack of commitment concerns me sometimes. Colonel, uh, she acts like me... our time is not important. Exactly. All the things I could be doing. Huh. Uh-huh. Well, devil, let me let well let me let me uh just continue then, devil. Let me Jesus Christ. not take up more of your time. I know you got a bunch of consulting gigs lined up and you gotta be at Willie's sports bar at one o'clock. <laughs> you have but, no idea. Apparently anyway, she don't have time for our listeners, Colonel, so please continue. That's basically no, she she I don't just have pissed time on for the again. two of you. This yeah. could have been done in an yeah. hour, but somebody f- dozed off. I bet her, her and late. Stephanie are going out to the to the cabin in the woods and drink this weekend. Oh, I wish. Mm-hmm. Doing I some wish. voodoo chants mm-hmm. and making some curses. Mm-hmm. No, I men wish. hating. Go ahead. Talking about men, how much they hate them. Nope. <laughs> well, now you got to remember, Timmy, spiking drinks was not limited to labor disputes in Chicago in 1923. Mm-hmm. Chicago storekeeper Tilly Kilmeck, nicknamed the Poison Widow, 
made headlines after she was convicted of killing her third husband by poisoning his meals. That's awful. Later, that, that, she had some anger issues. She 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 sound, did. She, she I don't probably, blame her. Uh, you know, a member of Brandy's uh, men hating club. You don't have any arsenic in the house, do you, there, arsenic Annie? I feel like the two of you should watch what you eat for the next week or so. Hmm. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Well, later she was linked. We to will not be intimidated. Other people. No, we we refuse to cow to your terroristic threats. Devil. Yes, that's fine. Oh, but I mean that's that's fine. That's fine. I trust my DoorDash. I need to watch it because I go into Brandy's office and get food way too often. So, yeah. Anyway, in 1931, a woman in Chicago's Rogers Park, where Tana used to live, was suspected of using flypaper to poison her husband's drinks when she believed he was having an affair. How did he not notice that shit? I miss flypaper. Can you still buy flypaper? Yeah. You can. Yeah, you uh-huh. can. Now, similar events co- occurred from time to time, but it was not until the 1990s that the date rape drugs began to appear. Yeah. Now, all That's the types of word. drugs used in date rape may vary. The goal is always the same, to render the victim helpless and unable to ward off any kind of assault. The most common date rape drug, of course, is alcohol. Did you know that, devil? Alcohol. Yes. It's not roofies. It's alcohol. Can you please pay very, attention very in your alcohol? You owe it to our listeners to at least pay attention, Brandy. Yeah, and uh-huh. Because this is, a, this is a true thing. In 2017, the last year reported, devil, mm-hmm. 70,000 young women between the ages of 18 and 24 were victims of alcohol-related sexual assault in the United States. Mm 70,000 just from alcohol alone. Alcohol alone. That's why that number's low. Sure. Yeah, that that doesn't include, uh, what's his name? Cosby. Brock Turner. (laughs) Cosby. (laughs) Yeah, didn't he do that? He was using drugs, right, to knock him out. Yes. Yeah, but yes, I think his victims were older than 24. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what happens? No. That, that's the older women when they get beyond 24. That's a different category. Right, Colonel? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And then, of course, when you get over 40, we know what happens, Colonel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you really call them women? I mean, okay. so it, here's after 40, now, the penis starts to grow. And right, right. right. Here's the thing. So in 2017, you know, more than 70,000 women were the victims of alcohol. And that's just reported victims. <clears throat> and so that's what just I want to say before. And that's just from alcohol. Well, but what I want to say before you to continue to yammer on about bullshit is that if you have been a victim of a sexual assault, there's a national hotline that you can call. It's 800-656-4673. And they're available 24 hours every day. So if you've been a sexual assault every victim day. every day, so you can call that hotline and they can assist you with um, uh, people in your area that can help you. All right. Thank so you, Brandy. Now you two can, t- can continue. Brandy, with what are bullshit. your final thoughts on Mickey Finn? Mickey Finn was a sleazeball um, to the nth degree. What did you think about Goldtooth Thornton, Mary Goldtooth Thornton? 
I am going to be her best friend. Mm. Colonel, your final I thoughts. Hang out with the dummy. Colonel, one eye. You don't want to hang out with the dummy. I feel like I already do. <laughs> Colonel, your final thoughts on Michael Mickey Finn. Um, I, I like the name Mickey Finn. I don't like the man Mickey Finn. All right. Well, we would like to thank all of you who support us on Patreon. Uh, thank you for supporting the arts. If you would yes, like to, if if you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or or just a wee little bit to me. Don't slip us a Mickey. Don't slip us a Mickey. I don't have a list this week, Timmy. You messaged me just a script. Uh, okay, well, I, I, that's not true. But we will uh, give shout-outs for all of you who support us. Thank you very much. And we will give shout-outs next week uh, to recognize your support. Thank you for supporting us. And we'll, um, we'll do them extra Patreon. loud next week, Timmy. Extra loud. Very, very loud. Yes. Thank you yes. all Perfect. for joining us. And we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.